So today we are continuing on our series, You Were Made For More. And over the last few weeks, Matt has been covering great grounds when we've been looking at certain topics like identity, authority, priorities, and dreams. And today our focus is about comparison and how to avoid its trap. So therefore, the title of my preach is No Filter, No FOMO. No Filter, No FOMO. The truth is we live in a world that is full of that filter and that fear-filled complex. That filter and that FOMO complex is all around us. For those of you who might be wondering what on earth am I going on about? Well, FOMO is an abbreviation and quite simply it means fear of missing out, fear of missing out. And filter is the ability to be way more glamorous, unwrinkled, thinner and spot free than you actually might be via photos. The truth is, our ability in this day and age to choose to be seen in a certain way is crazy. Even the iconic Charlie Chaplin struggled when in 1975, he entered a lookalike contest as himself. Thinking that he would be a shoo-in and everyone would have a great laugh, he came in third place. Being our authentic self is hard in this day and age. Many of us are trying to be someone or something that we are not. And comparison is so rooted in our culture that so many of us don't even recognize that we are cooperating with it. And instead, we fall for it hook, line, and sinker. So there are two ways of comparing ourselves. One is thinking that we're better than someone else, and the other is thinking that someone is better than we are. So we either think that others are better because they have something that we don't, or we think that we are better because we have something that they don't. Either way, comparison is self-focused rather than God-focused. The reality is, is that measuring up is a huge societal issue. We live in a world where we're constantly trying to measure up to someone or something. Comparison sneaks up on us when we least notice it. Maybe it's a Facebook status and that leads us into envious thought. Maybe it's someone's new decorating skills and that makes us think that our own homes aren't good enough. Maybe it's an older sibling who excelled all the way through school and teachers were really impressed. But when it came to us, actually there was disappointment, which led, of course, then to our own disappointment. Perhaps it's a neighbour that earns more money than us or a co-worker who has a better home than us. The list goes on and on, whether it's about our intelligence, our godliness, our parenting styles, our body image, our success, our wealth or our relationship status. You know, for me, comparison has looked to really grab hold when I've thought about my understanding of my learned difficulty of dyslexia and all the way through my life being told that I was stupid and all the way through my life cooperating with that thought and thinking that I was stupid has led to a constant battle of envy or pride or a lack of confidence. The ability or the fear that's grown in me of reading or even publicly speaking has been something that has been hard. Whether we like it or not, every single one of us falls into the trap of comparison. And the truth is, making comparisons is nothing new. We have been doing it since the beginning of time, since the beginning of creation. And wound around the story and the family of Joseph is this repeated challenge and this repeated behavior of comparison. And when we look deeper, we can see that this filter and this FOMO culture is in many a biblical character. 
For example, you only have to look at Sarah and Hagar. These were Abraham's wives who competed and who fought. Ishmael, Hagar's son, was jealous of Isaac, Sarah's son. And Sarah, because of her own fear, because of her own jealousy, mistreated Hagar and banished her and her son to the desert. Let's remember that Abraham was the father of Isaac and he was the grandfather of Jacob. Coming on to Jacob, we then have Jacob and Esau. Now, their lack of love began in the womb as they fought. And Jacob holding on to Esau's heel was confirmation that competing and clashing would always be his way. And their mom, Rebecca, liked Jacob the most. And as a result, she manipulated and schemed and fell into the trap and behavior of comparison so much that it led to devastating consequences. And therefore, Jacob also participated in that tricking and scheming. We've then got Leah and Rachel. Leah and Rachel were both married to Jacob. And we know that Rachel envied Leah lots. And we also know that Leah envied Rachel. So Joseph, Jacob compared himself to Joseph, his son, and his brothers. I think the point that we're trying to make all the way through all of this is we're recognizing that there is a family trait, there is a family behavior, and there's a family understanding that comparison is so deeply rooted that it stops this whole family deep in its traps. And as a result of this comparative behavior, we come up to this story of today and we recognize that actually it's so entrenched in Joseph that therefore it becomes so entrenched in all of those around him. So the reality in which Joseph was raised and the reality in which this family home was raised is that it was filled with anger, it was filled with jealousy and it was filled with deceitful people. Try to imagine the mountain pressure. Try to imagine the behaviours in that home. Joseph's brothers are full of jealousy. And Jacob's behaviour to Joseph and that gift of that magnificent multicoloured coat distinguished him visibly among his brothers. And such a robe in that culture would have been well associated with authority and leadership and favour. It would have been a symbol of Jacob's love and Jacob's blessing. And Jacob was boldly implying, you know, you can wear this beautiful garment because you don't have to do what the other brothers do. So as Joseph left home that day to visit his brothers who were guarding the sheep, little did Jacob know that that would be the last time he would see his son for 20 years. So Joseph's brothers saw him from afar and they plotted to make a plan to kill him and to end his dreams. Reuben, one of the brothers who we just read about, intervened and suggested throwing him into an empty well instead. He had a plan to rescue him later. They stripped him of his robe and they threw him into the well. Here's the truth. When we cooperate with comparison, when we look to do what Joseph's brothers did, we actually strip others of their own identity because we don't understand or appreciate our own. Let me say this again because it's a crucial point. When we cooperate with comparison like Joseph's brothers do, we actually look to strip others of their own identity because we don't fully understand or appreciate our own. And such behaviors, folks, never work out well for us and they never work out well for others.
But comparison and envy and jealousy and pride were in these brothers' blood. And as a result of all of those kind of behaviors, they decided to make a plan, now not to murder him, but to sell Joseph to the Ishmaelite traders for 20 pieces of silver. But God's hand was with Joseph. And we know that that is not the end of the story. But this rivalry, this jealousy, this envy and this pride was always the brothers' motives. It was always the family line motive of rejoicing discovered. And here's the even crazier point. This rivalry, this jealousy, this envy and pride, it came first into playing at the very start of creation. Cain, comparing himself to Abel, resulted in the very first murder. And Adam and Eve coming under FOMO, that fear of missing out, led to them to compromise and led to them to compare. As a result, that they fell into sin. Comparison cripples. Comparison kills. So whatever the root or the reason of why we fall into comparison, it's important to recognize that it is utterly toxic in our lives and it will never do us well and it will never do the people around us well. So how do we avoid cooperating with comparison? Well, I want to talk through five points today about how we can avoid cooperating with a comparison trap. Number one, confess. Let's talk about it with someone trusted. We have all felt that embarrassment of admitting that we've fallen into envy, fallen into pride. We've all been there. And it's really spiritually freeing when we can actually confess with somebody else that we have a struggle in this area. You know, one of Satan's biggest ploy is to make us feel alone in our struggle and our sin. And that's when comparison starts to really take its root. But it is so toxic, friends. In Proverbs 14, verse 30, it says this about the consequence of comparison. It says, a tranquil heart. Let's think about what that means. A tranquil heart at peace, at one with ourselves, gives life to the flesh. But envy makes the bones rot. Can we not see that there is a detrimental consequence in terms of how we feel about ourselves, even how we respond about ourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally, when we fall into the trap of comparison? So number one, confess. Number two, correct. Let's catch it whilst it's still in the distance. Remember that Joseph's brothers had time to plot and scheme. And this plotting and scheming grew into thoughts that actually they were wanting to take that sin and that behavior even further. Let's be intentional about who and what we are reacting and responding to. And this is also about being careful of our environment. Let's recognize that 10 brothers, they fed and bred on envy and jealousy. And left unchecked, it grew quickly. And left unchecked in our life, it also grows quickly as well. This is about building healthy boundaries. For into our social media, for example. You know, since we tend to check social media in periods of downtime, since we tend to check social media in terms of self-reflection, we need to recognize that we can become more susceptible to comparison and its trap as a result. So number one, confess. Number two, correct. Number three, cooperate. Let's kill comparison by cultivating contentment. Let's kill comparison by cultivating contentment. Paul says in Philippians, I have learned the secret of being content. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Let's cooperate with heaven's plan for our life, working with God, not against him. Let's cooperate with Christ's identity of who he says we are. 
I encourage you, friends, to accept that there is no one like you. You are wonderfully made. Let's understand our worth today. And you know, God even went as far as trying to remind and encourage Cain in that very first murder. He said in Genesis 4 verse 6 these words, he said, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. You know, it sounds mad and so far off to think that we could rule over the giant of comparison in our life. But the truth is we can. Let's not let it take us out, but let's respond with a love and an understanding of ourselves, and then a love and an understanding of each other. Which leads me on to my next point, to champion. Let's celebrate each other's success. Carrie Newoff just this week said, publicly celebrating the people you envy breaks the power of jealousy, so praise them. Let's recognize that we are chosen to collaborate, not compete. We're chosen to cultivate, not criticize. We're chosen to bring confidence, not comparison. And you know, Reuben's behavior is a classic example of how toxic comparison can be. When he bent, went back to the well thinking that he would find Joseph there, his first response was, what is going to happen to me as opposed to what is going to happen to Joseph? Let's remember that comparison is so self-focused that we forget about the needs of others and we forget about the needs of how God would want us to be. So let's push back on that comparison with compassion for others, compassion for others' visions, compassion for each other's ventures. I love the words in Philippians that says this, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value each other's above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each interest. Let's bless. Let's serve. Let's give. Let's submit to someone or something beyond our own understanding and beyond our own ambitions. And finally, friends, let's challenge. Let's call it out and let's call others up. At the end of the day, Jacob's actions only fueled the comparative behavior of Joseph's brothers. And Jacob never took responsibility for the wrong generational thinking of his family. And as a result, that had consequences. Let's think, am I, are we, are you behaving in a way that fuels comparison or dissolves it? In your family, with your friends, with your siblings, with your children, how are we starting to identify if there is any way that we've fallen under the trap of comparison? And how can we step out? And how we can we challenge ourselves and welcome other people to challenge us? Because the culture of comparison never turns out well for any of us. Compromise cripples us and compromise cripples others. And at the end of the day, it's about looking to Jesus who modeled this so well and modeled this in the freedom of who he was and walked it out confidently. You know, Paul, when he was repeatedly challenged in his authority and when he was repeatedly challenged in his leadership, he didn't fall into the trap of comparison. And instead, he said these words about other leaders that did. He said, when they measure themselves by one another, and when they compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Friends, at the end of the day, let's not be without understanding. We are only called to measure up to one person. 
to measure up to God's love, God's grace, God's salvation and God's heart for our life and nobody else. I want to close by sharing this poem. A lady called Anne Peterson said this, The stick I made for measuring, I used most every day. It helped me to compare myself with others on my way. I watched all those behind me and further down the road. And I would readjust my pace or lighten up my load. The only real drawback with how I ran my race was watching everything around except my saviour's face. You know, folks, it's as simple as this today. How do we avoid the comparison trap? We look to God. Be free in God, recognizing that we are his beloved children and that we are chosen. There's a place for us in God's amazing, incredible, expansive family. He considers us to be amazing. He considers us to be incredible. He considers us to be marvelous. So where do we need to respond to this message today? And with these five points that can help every single one of us to avoid the comparison trap, I wonder where we need to do a work. Is it to confess? Is it to start to correct behaviors and thoughts and even, dare I say, family lines that have made us think or brew or react in different ways? Is it to start to cooperate with heaven's plan and heaven's identity for our life? Is it to champion the causes of others? And is it to challenge? Well, dare I say, friends, it's all five. We all need to work in these areas. We all need to be challenged in these areas. And so in a response today, we're going to sing a child of God. And just before we prepare to start to sing this song, let's come before God with open hearts. Let's come before God with open minds, recognizing where we have fallen in to comparison and its trap. And let's do our business with God today that says, God, if there is any envy, if there is any pride, if there is any fear or lack of confidence in my life, do your business, Lord. And as we start to respond to this song, there are powerful words in this song, friends. It talks about how we are children of God. It talks about how there is a place for us. It talks about how if we can just accept that, if we can fully understand that for our life, man, will we be free. You know, maybe some of us are watching today who don't usually tune into church and are on our own journey to understanding if God is even real, if God even cares about our life, about our situation, about our circumstances. Well, let me tell you, as we sing this song in a moment, there is a place for you within the Father's heart. There is a place for you within his home. And there is a place for you that sees you free, free from the trap of comparison, free from that trap that looks to hold back and looks to steal and kill and thieve and destroy. In Jesus, we can find love. In Jesus, we can find acceptance. In Jesus, we can find a welcome that just totally dissolves any comparison that we've fallen under. I want to invite you today, every single person who's watching or catching this up later, this is the kind of love that we can receive. And as we start to make an exchange of our own comparative behavior, as we lay that down, we ask for God's love to take its place filling us with thoughts that only Jesus would think, 
and filling us with actions that would change the trap of this comparative society that we've come under so that we can live a life where we say, I don't need to have FOMO. I don't need to have fear of missing out because God's plans are the best for my life. I don't need to be filtered to make myself look better or more attractive or more enticing to anyone else because I'm free in who I am.